1: David King from Fox Footy and a little station called SEN has been good enough to join me as well ahead of... Have you got a big Fireball Friday coming, Kingy, or are you not on either with the the cricket? Welcome back to you.
0: No, well, I'm I'm, I'm not aware that we're not on, so I'll just turn up as normal, Dwayne, and uh, I'm sure Corns you will have plenty to say.
1: He will have plenty to say, and last week was... It was a ripper show. I've replayed a bit of the stuff from last week's show, to be honest. So, always great to have you on. Always great to have your training. So, let's deep dive a little deeper on Melbourne's match sim today. Who wasn't out there? Who looked good? Who's flying? Who's not moving quite as quickly as some of the others?
0: Uh, who wasn't out there? I, well, there's a few that weren't. I mean, there's a couple that are, that are off the track for no great. Uh, there's no great alarm. Guys who have sort of rested and managed, like guys like Viney and. and, and uh, a couple of others, but nothing that, uh, that's a major concern at the minute. Uh, Smith's obviously on the sidelines, but they're not greatly concerned about those players just yet. Um, but, gee, they, I know we talk about Melbourne a lot. Uh, their training is incredibly contested. They, they, they do ball movement drill after ball movement drill, and it's uh, it's full rat power. Yeah, we saw a couple of big clashes today. You just close your eyes and hope that... Uh, I think it was... Uh, Hibbard was one big clash... Petrarca was another. Uh, Coszy Pickett was 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 uh, involved in another body on body hit that you just don't like to see. But I guess you've got to, You've got to experience this stage of the of the, the preparation. Uh, but they all got up and played on, and and uh, it was only Hibbert that went and did some running after that. So there's no there's no rest. Wayne. if you if you come off injured these days, you start a running program. So best to keep playing, I reckon.
1: Any indicator as to how the Gorn Grundy? Tandem thing is going to work. Who's going to play forward more? Is there is either of them being trialed as a forward more than the other? I was interested to hear Josh junkley the other day. He quite a bit when players change clubs. It's a bit of a shock to the system. Not all pre seasons are the same. So how's that working with Grundy now? There,
0: yeah, he's an interesting one, Brody. He's, he, you know, you, you watch him in the, in all the the running drills and, and and those sorts of things. You don't expect that he's going to be at the the front of the pack by any stretch being a ruckman and those sorts. But it does it does strike you how far away he is from probably the average uh, Melbourne player or Melbourne runner. Um, that includes, you know, Gorney and, and, and the other ruckman, the other talls. So I think it's probably been a bit of a shock to Brody's system just how, uh, just how hard Melbourne go at everything. Um, I don't know whether he's gifted in terms of the long-distance running or not, but it is a bit of a shock to the system to see him... Um, Separated from those guys, but in in terms of where they're going to play, there's still no real um, idea given from Simon Goodwin. They were in different opposing teams today, uh, not necessarily playing ruck against one another. Uh, Brody played a little bit forward, and then Max um, played a little bit forward as well. So it's just going to be a, a wait and see for all of us. And we, may, to be honest, we may not even know until deep in the season. I think the the way that Simon Goodwin uses these two at the point of the end of, the sep- of uh, September it may, it may be something he keeps up his sleeve until deep in the year I, I don't think we'll see the finished product or even the, the finished plan in rounds You know, one to six, it's a bit of a uh, a bit of a, a, a must watch for all of us and we'll, we'll wait and see It's been interesting
1: to see Geelong do it with the, the two rucks, we know that Blitzars can go into the middle as a ruck rover on occasion and we're hearing that Fremantle might do something similar with Darcy and Jackson and we know that, well, hearing Kyle Langford the other day on this program, sounded like Draper might be you know, the number one ruck as he is, but sounds like Cox might be a chance to be in the middle as well. Um, but yeah, how often do you, well, do you think there's an evolution of the game there at all because six foot six guys can now run like the wind and be great additions to a midfield?
0: Well, I don't know whether you can have Gorn in there as a, as an on-baller and, and Max. Uh, again, mm. you know, we, we 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 haven't seen that before. And, and they're probably blessed for great contested players as it is with Petrarca, Viney, uh, Brayshaw, who may have to go to half-back but, but may be an on-baller given that Salem has just uh, got the thyroid issue. And obviously, Clayton Oliver's probably the best contested possession player in the game, so... You know, you're going to have to move one of those guys out to try and get a little bit tricky with what you're doing. But I think what we will see with Melbourne is a first to play some younger talent. They've been a pretty settled lineup for the last 30 or 40 games now. Um, and I think there's a bit of a, there's a push on to, to get uh, some more exposure to guys like, you know, Chandler. Um, I think Sparrow's another one we've talked a couple of times about on this show. I think Bailey Laurie is someone they're keen to to look at, really explore a little bit more of um, Jake Bowie, what what he can do, can he do more than just be a half-back flanker for this team, so I think those guys will get opportunity and they're still talking, obviously, about last year's pickups in uh, Blake Howes and, and, and Taz Woden. you know, they're, they're performing really well in their, um, you know, in just the match sim stuff, so we're waiting to see, but it is getting very close now, so there's, there's a, probably a couple of big practice matches upcoming, and we'll probably finalise what their 22 will look like, but I wouldn't be shocked if there were three to four uh, fresh faces in terms of what they've had on the list the last couple of years that hasn't had great exposure, and then add Lockie Hunter and add Brodie Grundy into that.
1: Heard you and Kane Collins talking about the injury factor. You had David Butterfin on your show as well. There are a few going down. Now, we expect a few to go down pre-season, but if it's a guy who's gone down before pre-season, like a Jake Stringer, it brings more worry for a fan. If it's a guy who... Uh, that's a consistent theme.
0: Yeah, it, it damages your ability to use those players where, you, where you'd like to. Um, you know, Brad Scott will have a, an idea of what he wants to do with Jake. You know, is there midfield minutes involved? Does he like the idea of that, you know, that centre-forward player who plays on ball then then goes forward? Um, it's something that probably really wasn't even in the game uh, when, when Brad was last coaching. So that's there's an evolution of the game as to what, has happened, and whether Brad wants to come with that. Um, can you use Jake in that role if he doesn't have the the, the scope, the fitness level of, of other players that he's going to be going to be up against? And yeah, you know, it's all a learning curve. And maybe Essendon no, aren't at the pointy end of, of, of the conversation at the moment. They're not. Uh, they're not tipped to be a contender this year. So does that change what you want to do in terms of developing uh, those other midfield types up? I'm not. I'm not sure. But I, what I do know is. You cannot miss two to three weeks at this stage of the season. I was down at Richmond during the week. They look incredibly healthy. Um, most of the talent that they that they need to be on the track in that high volume running are certainly doing that. I know we're waiting on Tommy Lynch to get back uh, get back out there and, and, and join the main group. Uh, and obviously Jack Graham was doing some laps with him. Preston was being managed with an inch of his life given his injury history uh, over the last few years. But they've got a whole host of Flanker-type players that, that I think will get... Uh, it's very difficult to work out what Richmond's midfield's going to look like. And the talk's all about Cochin going forward. But I think when you pick up Hopper and, and Taranto, you've already got Bolton, Prestia. know Short can go in there. Martin can go in there. Baker can go in there. Pickett plays, win. Um, you've got Ross. You've got Sonzie as a player that I think's got incredible upside. and had a fantastic uh, back half of the season... So you have to find other spots for these players. So the talk's been about Cochin going forward. Why not spin the discussion and say how powerful and how deep can Richmond's midfield be?
1: Yeah, well, I suppose it was Jack Rewatts quote that everybody jumped off with uh, Trent Coleman quote. So we all jumped off that. But uh, maybe it wasn't a fire that he was intending to feed. He just happened to throw a match on it and up it went because it's Trent Cochin and it's Richmond, which explodes... The top back lines, which is fun for me. Um, Andy Brayshaw going to be Frio's next captain? Is that uh, just going to going to happen? That's it.
0: Uh, you'd think so. I mean, he's, he's an incredibly popular player and a polished performer who's who's delivering at the, at the highest levels. Um, it, it's it's going to be a fascinating watch. It's it's always a difficult transition when you go from a player of the superstar factor of Nathan Fife to an emerging captain. I find that that really fascinating, that transition period. Um, is the player ready for that step up? You know, do, do they just continue on? Do they try and change their own game because they've now got the captaincy tag? Uh, you move Fife out of that midfield forward, what does that do to his form? Um, and does it just expose that next level of play? You know, to have them ready to go, to have them ready to replace a guy that's been at the pointy end of um, the clearance contest for years, for the best part of a decade. So it's a challenge for all clubs that they have to go to at some stage, but not many hands from the level of five to that next player. It's going to be a, another fascinating watch.
1: Absolutely. And where do you think Essendon will go? Keep Dyson Heppel captain or make a change there?
0: Uh, I think they'll make a change. I think it's a good time to make a change, given that um, I think they are going to ask less of Dyson, uh, I think Zach Merritt would be the, the logical choice there because of his his CV and what he's done for the Essendon Football Club in terms of performance. But I, I could see a wild card there. I, someone like Mason Redmond, for me, is, is the perfect role model for your youngsters coming in. If you are regenerating, redeveloping uh, a list, then I think Mason Redmond, the way he plays, is, is absolutely the way we all love to play. Uh, full of bravery, full of dash... With a team-first approach, he's he's a great teammate. He's a great preparer. Um, he's an arm-around kind of guy. But he's but he, he's prepared to to tell a few home truths. He's not afraid to upset a few. So there is a guy like Mason Redmond that would be a wonderful choice. But who knows? It Probably depends what you're looking for. And, and those internally will know. You can't just vote the best bloke uh, or your best mate. You've got to find the best captain for the football club. It's a significant role these days. It's not just. For, um, winning the coin toss and moving on. So, it's uh, it, again, the it, it, they're their big decisions. Clubs have to get right.
1: And before I let you go, as you know, the text machine uh, at SEN, uh, the people like to trip you up. I think this person's only on the text machine asking this question because they know I consistently get his name wrong. So, Jacob Van Royen, uh, did he train today? Where is he going to play? Will he be there round one?
0: <laughs> yeah, I... He trained today. He's, he's, he's obviously become their, their, their focal point down forward. He, he, I think he'll play in round one. They have got great options. I mean, this is this is the beauty of, of, of being a very good team with, with a very good list. You know, they're going to have McDonald, who's training really well. Brown, who was, who has been really good the last two sessions. Um, so he, he's, he's in great form, having missed a bit of preseason. He's probably come back better than what some thought. Uh, and then obviously Jacob Van Royen, who's, who's, who for me would be a walk-up start. If you're looking to expose some fresh talent, well, I, I think that would be where you start. But then you've got to have a resting ruckman down there as well at some stage. Um, so it'll, it'll just be, again, an interesting watch. Josh Shackey probably hasn't made the most of his opportunities over the last couple of sessions, just sort of fumbling a couple of balls. And they've got this kid at 195 centimetres, Matthew Jefferson, who moves just beautifully. A uh, young kid from down Oakley Way, I think, who's only fresh into into the system, um, but he he's one you need to watch. I think that he could come with a rush. I mean, that's no surprise to to the Melbourne to the Melbourne fans. They've they've got a great handle on what this kid is. He was taken a pick fifteen, so his his talents have been exposed. He's a high level pick, but I wouldn't be too shocked if you saw him early in the season.
1: Kingy, say I could ask you four or five more, but you better save some stuff for Fireball Friday with you and Kane. So uh, uh, I'll let you get away and uh, keep a few in your kit bag. We'll talk soon.
0: I've got one for you. Having a look at all these clubs, I just wonder which team has the best list. And I'm talking about depth. I'm talking about volume of midfielders. Is there a hole in terms of key post defenders? Which recruiting department has handed their, their coaching staff the best list to work with. Everyone wants to say Brisbane. I'm not sure their depth is as good as as others. And the more I look at it, I I sort of start tracking back to the Geelong and and Richmond models where there's players that can play multiple roles. Don't know what your thoughts are. I don't know what the uh, listeners' thoughts are. But who, who actually gives their coach the best opportunity to win the flag in 2023 regarding the list?
1: Well, that's an interesting question, Kingy, because I would answer it saying Richmond and Geelong as well. But I say that with Geelong have got an upside. I mean, Deconing looks like he's going to be a star of the future, so he's great. They've also added Bowes. They've added Henry. But a few of their guys are getting older. So list-wise, I mean, you take Tom Hawkins any day, but he's a year older, and he's coming back from a little injury interruption. Patrick Dangerfield's a year older. Isaac Smith's a year older even though they looked like they were all in full flight last year. Richmond's the same. So you've got Jack Rewalt who you take any day of the week to be in your forward line, but he's a year older. Trent Cochin's a year older as well. So I would say it's Richmond and Geelong because you look at the names and how many superstars they've got. But is age going to weary some of them? Mm.
0: Look, it's a great question. Um, yeah, one we don't have the answer to, but one thing we do know, there's a squad of 30 that gets you there. And then once you That's get true. there... It's your top four or five that win it for you. Um, so, yeah, just another talking point for this time of the year while we all have no idea.
1: Great to have you, Kingy. We'll talk soon. We'll hear you Friday. Kingy and Kane, 6 a.m. Friday, Fireball Friday. It's back for 2023, and it'll be with you every Friday from 6. If you've got a thought on Kingy's question, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 when it comes to looking at the names. And I agree with Kingy. It takes 27-28 to win a flag. Some teams have got a really good first 15 or 14, but then it thins out from there. That's where I think the Cats do have superb depth by adding Isaac Smith and now adding Bose and Henry. Your call's next.